thank you for joining us for episode 35 of Head Start, a weekly weekly podcast to help Liberty's adult and student ministry life group leaders prepare for the upcoming lesson. So uh, this week, before we step into uh, the discussion of the passage of Scripture, uh, I'd like for us to talk about something that that sprung to my mind and see see there yeah sprung to my mind this morning uh, as I was outside uh, walking the dog before the sun came up and I had on my puffy jacket with my toboggan and my gloves and I was still cold and I was like what in the world this is I'm done I'm done with this this being cold, we got to change this. So I decided to look up and see when does spring begin. So the first day of spring of 2024 will be on Tuesday, March the 19th at 11.06 p.m. So here's what we're going to do. As a table, sitting around this table, we're going to, to develop a day of celebration. That, that next day, uh, because it springs during the night, so the next day we're going to call it the 20th. We're going to celebrate the fact that spring has sprung. And what are the elements that we're going to include in this day of celebration? So I'll just give a couple ideas, things that I thought maybe we could do to help people celebrate the fact that spring has sprung. We could, we could give out weed killer. Because, right, yes. Roundup. That's Roundup. Off-brand Roundup. Yeah, yeah. Off, off court, no doubt. Uh, we could do that. We could uh, we could give out Claritin because, the, the you know, the weeds that we don't get to kill, allergies are about to rise and things like that. So just just ideas as we celebrate the fact that spring has sprung. Uh, thoughts from you guys. There are many things to love about Alabama. Yes. Central Alabama in particular. The weather is not one of them. <laughs> uh, of the places that I have lived, seasonally speaking, this is my least favorite by far uh, and how it breaks through the various seasons. So what, what I'm going to do on my day of uh, celebration, yes. it, and, and this will work for the four throughout the year, you know, the, tr- okay. the, the equinoxes and the solstices or whatever they are. Yes. Um, uh, we're going to do all, f- in the spirit of Alabama, we're going to do all four seasons in a day, right? Yes, so we're going to yes, break yes. the waking hours. Let's say you're awake for 16 hours in the day, you sleep for eight. We're going to break them into four-hour segments. Okay. And in the beginning, we're going to do a winter segment. So crank your AC down to 55 or whatever it needs to be to get yes. the house freezing, wear your coats, light a fire in the fireplace, all that kind of stuff. And then you have to transition, right, to okay. springtime, okay? And so you're going to... Uh, you know, it would be fake to like just go from cold to warm because that's not what happens here. You're going to go from cold to extremely hot yes. and then all the way back to freezing cold again. Sure. Uh, and then for summertime, you're going to keep the fire burning and just go ahead and light some other stuff on fire too to just <laughs> to, to get and hot then, <laughs> uh, you know, take a bath, like a really hot bath, and then go stand down by the fire to give the humidity feeling to it. Sure, sure. And then after you finish that, we're going to go to fall. And so again, you have to imitate a very serious swing, you know, put the fire out, crank the AC down again, freeze the house out as best as you can, uh, surround yourself with ice cubes, Yes, but go on YouTube and pull up a college football playoff game and watch some college football to make yourself happy for fall. Wow. There's your day. I thought I was being creative with Claritin. (laughs) I think think he covered everything that could possibly be on that day. What else could you do to celebrate uh, the spring? (laughs) 
Um, I tried to give you all yeah, some time well, I appreciate to appreciate your answer. <laughs> I was thinking of two things, I guess. Um, uh, my inhaler, number one. Uh, yeah, um, there you go. Because uh, I will, I will need that to open up the airways, and then number two, uh, hook the hose back up to the yes. house because uh, I don't have yellow vehicles, um, but uh, mm. they will be the yellow yes. on the first day of spring um, yes. from all the pollen. So yes, Fair. yes, okay. Tim, you've had the longest to consider had the longest this. and and the least amount of time to consider <laughs> this all in one. Um, day of celebration, uh, my first thought was to uh, fire up the, the grill and, and oh, celebrate yeah. with a cookout because uh, spring is coming or it has sprung. Um, uh, the other thing is if we're just going to be generous and give things away, uh, we can give away some uh, oil-changing kits for lawnmowers because they're, yes. uh, they're going to need to be uh, cranking and, and running and um, but don't know how in the world you do that with the many varieties that are out there. So I'll probably just stick with firing up the grill and celebrating with food. That's a, that's a good decision there. I like that one. Hey, in complete transparency, this past summer was the first time that I changed the oil in my lawnmower since I bought it. <laughs> how about that? That's yeah. going to happen for me this summer. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. And it was, it was really <laughs> it was it was well overdue. The lawnmower, when I cranked it after putting the oil in it, it said, thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, enough of silliness. Uh, let's look at uh, the passage uh, that we're here to talk about. And we'll be looking at, as we continue in this sermon series, we'll be looking at 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. And Brian will guide us in this conversation as we walk through this passage. Yep, so this passage corresponds to the last installment of our series, More Like Jesus, uh, where we've been walking through our measures, those marks of discipleship that help us identify the ways that we need to be and grow uh, as we follow Jesus. And so we'll be talking about what it means to be a guide who shows the way. Uh, as we've done with each of the installments for this sermon series, uh, we've picked a story that that doesn't necessarily like tell you this is what it means to be a guide but instead a passage of scripture that shows us what it looks like when somebody is being a guide. And so in this passage, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 17, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, kind of his uh, protege or his, his trainee in ministry, his disciple, uh, the one whom he's been a father in the faith to. And uh, so, so we get to get a glimpse of how Paul has been a guide for Timothy. Uh, but really, these three letters that are right together, First and Second Timothy and Titus, we call these the pastoral epistles because they're written from one pastor to another pastor to encourage him in his ministry. So the seasoned and experienced Apostle Paul is writing to uh, the less seasoned and less experienced um, Timothy, in our case, and then in Titus, he's writing, obviously, to, to Titus uh, in order to help them as they do the same and take on disciples of their own and train elders or pastors of their own. Uh, and as he leads them to do that, he shares with them the wisdom of, of how to do it. So uh, kind of two big sections of this passage. The first one's actually pretty short. The second one's a little bit longer. Uh, but the way that I'm seeing it to break it down uh, that will hopefully be helpful to you, our life group leaders, is to first demonstrate how Paul has guided Timothy in the past. 
um, from verses 10 and 11. He says, But you, Timothy, have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and sufferings that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. Uh, And in those verses, again, what he's doing is he's reminding Timothy of the things that he has taught him in the past and encouraging Timothy that he has followed Paul in those things uh, throughout his early days of ministry, right? So I'm going to rapid fire these. Um, You may want to, if you go back through and kind of write these down, these would be good scriptures for you to look up as you prepare to lead your life group, but I'll just fire them off pretty quickly. When Paul talks about his teaching, a good reference point, uh, they're all over, but Galatians 1, 3 through 4, when he walks out the true gospel message, talking about the life of Jesus and how he gave himself for our sins. So um, that, that became the teaching that Paul taught everywhere he went and certainly that he taught to Timothy. When he talks about his conduct, Philippians 1.27 would be a good one to write down, right? That he's encouraged people to live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to conduct their lives in a way that's worthy of that good news that has transformed them. That was Paul's conduct, and it has been Timothy's as well. He talks about his purpose, and again, Paul uh, explicitly states his purpose in different places. I think of Romans chapter 15, but especially Acts 20, 24, uh, where he says, hey, this is, this is my ambition, right? To finish the course that's been given to me to testify to the good news of God's grace. Paul saw that as the purpose of his life, and he was a guide to Timothy, who then adopted that same purpose in his own life. He says that Timothy has followed him in his faith, Uh, right? Galatians 2.20 is a good one to write down. Paul says, uh, the Son of God loved me uh, and gave himself for me. Because of that reality, I no longer uh, live according to the flesh, but I live by faith in that Son of God. Um, (laughs) When it comes to patience, uh, man, Paul needed uh, Holy Spirit kind of patience to uh, navigate his journey with the churches that he uh, led. I don't have as much a specific verse for demonstrating Paul's patience, but man, if you just read both of the Corinthian letters, you will see Paul's patience come to bear as he works with a church that is, um, I don't know, unruly is probably a, a good word for it, but uh, the Corinthians had some crazy stuff going on in their midst, and Paul patiently guided them. Uh, he forgave them time and time again. He challenged them over and over again, but he never gave up on the Corinthians. Uh, he continued to be patient with them as they learned to follow his example, and he wanted Timothy to imitate that patience as well. Uh, he demonstrated love for Timothy. You can read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, very famous passage where Paul defines what Christian love is all about. He demonstrated for Timothy endurance, right? We studied Philippians this past uh, fall. In Philippians 3.12, Paul uh, reminds the Philippian believers that he's not already made it where he wants to be. He's not arrived. He's not gotten there. But he says, this one thing I do, I press on. I endure and I continue to go. And then he talks about uh, how Timothy has also seen his persecutions and his sufferings, and he has guided Timothy in the understanding that if you want to live for Jesus, you're going to be persecuted and you're going to suffer. This is not an easier path of life. If you look up 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 29, Paul walks out some of the specific persecutions and sufferings that he has faced. Uh, And again, all of this is to remind uh, us 
to remind Timothy in this case that, hey, you've seen me do it, now I want you to do it. And Paul, in this uh, beginning of the passage, just these two verses, 10 and 11, is encouraging Timothy, I've seen you do these things. I've seen you follow me in these ways. You have done well to take up my example and follow after me. So that's how Paul has been a guide for Timothy in the past. Yeah, and that really leads right into uh, the first question of the curriculum, which is really a a great question to open up discussion uh, in your group with. Um, And the first question is, uh, who has been a guide for you on on your faith journey? And then there's a follow-up, you know, what impact have they made on you? And it'd be neat to just kind of go around the table and, and go ahead and answer that for ourselves. And so I'll, I'll start and, and um, just, I've had a number of, of people over the course of my life at different stages in my life that have been real guides uh, to me. Um, they won't like that I'm going to do this, but most recently, um, Russ and Tate Roberts uh, have continued to just be guides for for me and for Jenna. Um, they've really adopted our family into theirs and um, just continue to very purposefully pour into to us. And, and we are allowed to see how they live and how they invest in one another and others and, and really um, has Im- they've impacted us greatly. So been great guides for us. That's cool. Uh, I'll, I'll go um, back to my early years. Uh, I did not grow up going to church. Uh, ended up by an invitation at this church in Prattville. And uh, um, Don Daniels was a uh, fellow on staff. And he uh, and Miss Deborah, his wife, uh, loved on me uh, just the way I was, warts and all and um, accepted me the way that I was, presented the truth to me, him, uh, them, and our pastor, and Sunday school teacher, and uh, what great guides they were for me uh, to teach me truth, to love me the way I was, but to show me truth and to point me in the right direction. So uh, such a huge impact they had in my life. Mine uh, has, is always my dad would be my number one guide uh, in my faith journey. And so have a lifetime of experience of observing him and uh, being guided by him. Uh, he's still a go-to person for me, just turned 84 years old, and uh, but still vibrant uh, in the work of the Lord in his retirement. But if I need counsel or advice, uh, prayer support, uh, he's going to be my first phone call normally to to run to him and seek that counsel. So uh, how to be a faithful follower of Christ, I see that evident in his personal walk. Uh, how to be a godly husband, I see that through the seasons of uh, 65 years of marriage with my mom uh, as they have walked through life together, and um, uh, how, to, how to be a faithful guide as a father to intentionally uh, point children, point me uh, to a, a walk with the Lord. So uh, dad's uh, has been, is uh, that guide that impacts my life spiritually. It's great. Um, I mean, there's a ton of different folks that I could say. I know that's true for y'all. I could look around the table and say any one of you guys, because that has definitely been the case. Um, I'll say for this um, moment of the podcast here, Dr. Uh, Hollingsworth, my communication professor at uh, Bryan College, um, and he just, he really took 
me and uh, my older brother before me in, uh, and he was kind of that, you know, while we were away from home, he became that spiritual father figure, uh, both in the, in the classroom, uh, teaching us both how to be better communicators, but then also uh, just in their home doing Bible studies and uh, teaching us how to invest in relationships. That's really good. And so just leaders, you know, just something simple like that going around the room um, can really be very helpful uh, to the group and, and very uh, transparent. And so um, just as you prepare for leading this lesson, it'd be good to go ahead and, and be thinking your own answer so you can kind of lead out in, in answering that question as you, as you go around. That'll invite others to participate. That's good. Let me uh, highlight the uh, measure moment. Uh, same page uh, in your curriculum as this first question, page 51, uh, is the highlighted box that you see measure moment. And Paul calls out in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he says, With great confidence, be imitators of me as I am of Christ, knowing that he was intentional in how he lived out his faith day by day. And if anyone would follow his example he had confidence that they would follow the example of Christ. And, and so that's what it means to be a guide who shows others the way. Uh, really, that intentional uh, walk in our spiritual journey uh, that as others see it, and if they were to follow it, that uh, those habits, that example uh, will be a pathway to draw closer to the Lord and, and walk in obedience uh, with Him. So uh, as we study Paul's encouragement to young Timothy, he's being very intentional to continue to be a guide who instructs him in ministry uh, and his life of how to follow Jesus and be a faithful servant of the Lord. That's it. Now, as Paul continues in verses 12 through 17, he makes a, a pivot, a shift from uh, how he has guided Timothy in the past to how he is now in this moment through the letter guiding Timothy to prepare for the future. And it's really cool because in doing this, he's actually like, it, it is a direct uh, demonstration that Timothy can turn around and use with the pastors that he's guiding, uh, with the elders that he's guiding, with even the, you know, the church people, the congregations that he is guiding. Paul's giving Timothy language to prepare him for the future that Timothy can then turn around and give other people as he prepares them for the future. So, he first reminds him in verse 12 uh, that, hey, you know, that expectation of all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And he says, look, it, it's what's bad, that persecution that you face right now, it's going to get a little worse, you know? Uh, I love in Hebrews, the author is writing to them and he's trying to encourage them to press on and, and endure. And he's like, hey, you haven't yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. I mean, you know, come on, we've not gotten that bad yet. It's, you know, uh, press on, folks. We can do this. And and listen, it's probably going to get worse. He says more persecutions are going to come. He says evil people uh, and imposters will multiply, right? So sometimes in the church, it's easy to talk about the evil people on the outside, but man, does it get hard when you've got evil people on the inside, right? People who profess to know Jesus and profess that they want to follow Jesus, but man, they are liars and the truth is not in them. Uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, uh, we call them, and we've got to watch out uh, because they can bring great devastation to the believers. Let me point this out. This is really important. Paul does not linger long on the bad things that may get worse. He very quickly pivots 
to what the believer should do about it. And the fact is, our call remains the same. Continue. Just press on. Keep going. Continue, he says, in what you have learned and firmly believed. (laughs) That means don't let go of the gospel, right? When evil people come knocking and when imposters come from the inside, when persecutions ramp up, don't let go of that gospel message. Continue holding on to what you believed. Uh, Watch what he does here with Timothy. He reminds Timothy of those who taught him, right? At the beginning of 2 Timothy, he mentions his uh, Timothy's grandmother, Lois, uh, and his mother, Eunice, who loved the word of God, and they taught Timothy the word of God from infancy, right? From the time when he was a baby, they were reading scriptures over him and, and teaching him to fall in love with the uh, word of the Lord we should be doing the same thing. Uh, also, Paul himself has taught Timothy, and so surely his name would come up, and, and there were others too. Uh, but, but Paul reminds him of those guides who have shown him the way and encourages him to press on from their example. And then he does the most important thing that we can do as guides who show others the way. He points Timothy to the Word of God. He says, um, Remember the sacred scriptures, which are, and then he lists a number of things about the the, the Bible. He says, first of all, the scriptures are able to teach the plan of salvation, right? They're able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. We can never let go of the Bible uh, as believers, because if we let go of the Bible, then we have nothing to believe in. Um, the Bible must be the primary uh, thing that, that we look to for direction, for insight, for counsel. And he's going to talk more about that in just a moment. Uh, but remember, friends, the most important thing that you and I can do as guides who show the way is point others toward God's word. It is able to teach us the plan of salvation, but it's also uh, directly breathed out by God, right? Uh, theos noustos, um, as it reads in the Greek language. Um, this is just the coolest thing in the world. I mean, if you imagine, you know, God exhaling words, just like we're doing in this podcast, and those words falling onto pages that then we have and we can read, man, understand that's what's happening when you open the Bible and when you read it. You are reading the words directly from God's mouth. Now, Have they been translated from other languages? Yes, they have. Have they been interpreted by uh, scholars and preachers throughout the centuries? Yes, they have. Has there been disagreements about what they mean? You know, of course there has been all of those things. That doesn't change the fact that the words we read have been breathed out by God, and because of that, they are trustworthy as we interpret them faithfully. He says that those words are profitable for four things, teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness in biblical counseling. We kind of use that as a map for how to uh, work through. Like we, from the basics, we want to teach you what God's word says. When you go wrong, we want to rebuke you uh, by God's word. Uh, But we don't just want to say you were wrong for doing that. We want to correct you and tell you the proper way to go. And then we want to train you up in the walk of righteousness. And that's kind of a, again, it's just a great look at how to be a guide for somebody. Ultimately, all of this is so that the man or woman of God may be complete, uh, equipped for every good work. So as you look at this passage and you prepare to teach it, what I want you to do is work backward through it, right? 
this is our aim. This is what we want to guide people toward. We want to guide them toward being complete men and women of God equipped for every good work. We do that by teaching them, rebuking them when they go wrong, correcting them, and training them in righteousness. We do that by showing them, first and foremost, God's plan of salvation through the gospel. We do that by reading to them the words of sacred scripture, of God's word. We do that by teaching them and showing them what it means to uh, to teach, to live, to aim, to have faith, to be patient, to love others, to endure persecutions and sufferings. If you look backward through the passage, you're going to see that that's exactly what Paul has done for Timothy, and now he's encouraging Timothy to do it for others. And by way of that, He's encouraging us to do it for others as well. See, this is what made Paul a great guide who shows the way. This is what gave him the confidence to say, imitate me as I imitate Christ, and we will be able to do the same as we follow his example. Hey, before you move forward, Kyle, uh, around the table, I'd like for us to answer this question. Teaching, reproof, rebuke, correction, uh, training in righteousness, Define for me reproof, rebuke. What is that? What does that look like um, as a practical way? Uh, so just just a question off the top of my head here. Uh, Matt's getting a dangerous territory <laughs> off the top of his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. It's I, I think, you know, speaking truth in love with grace, uh, uh, you know, the understanding Scripture, what it says, and and uh, being willing to speak that truth into situations and in people's lives, okay. but do it with love and grace. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, I think of the words, um, stop it, right? Okay. Uh, which have to be spoken in truth in love, right? There's a video. But when you see your child running toward the street with yes. a car coming, okay, you yell, stop. Yes. And, and you pray and hope that your child stops. It to, like That's the image of rebuking someone, right, is getting them to stop the destructive course that they are on yep. as best as you can. I, think that's, I just think that's helpful uh, as, as we think about investing and in guiding others, that there's, there's a place for that, right? There's a place to be in love, like you were saying, Tim, in love, but, but firm because you're going to say stop it in a firm tone. Right. Uh, um, you know, so I don't know. I just off the top of the head there. It's good. No, it's, it's important and needed. And certainly reproof, uh, is probably something that we all need to grow in more and more. Uh, we could all use that. And Proverbs is full of, uh, uh, verses about the, the wise man listens to reproof. And so, um, so, yeah, uh, as you look at the Live It Out this week, there's a couple really good ones, very, um, very active ones. Um, and I just want to focus on the second one because Brian was saying one of the best ways for being a guide is to point people to God's word. And so the second Live It Out this week says share a message or a verse about trusting God's word with at least one other person in your life group this week. And so very intentionally reaching out. Um, maybe you know what's going on in their life 
and uh, pointing them back to the words and the, the promises and the instruction uh, that we find in, in God's Word. That can be a very good step to take. That's cool. That's cool. Well, we've got a few things that are coming up in the life of the church. Uh, before we end our time together, let's, uh, let's get a, a quick overview of a couple things. It's great. So on February the 14th, uh, that's a Wednesday night. It just so happens, if what? I'm not mistaken, what? to what? be... Valentine's Day. Is that right? I think I think maybe it is, yeah. Uh, we, as a staff team, are going to put on for you, the church family, a parents' night out. Uh, we want to encourage you to uh, go and spend some time uh, with your spouse, maybe kid-free, um, and we will happily watch the kids for you. Now, uh, more info will be coming your direction, but we do need to know who's coming, what what kids are, are planning to come and be a part. So go to the website. You can register online, lbcchelsea.com slash events. Uh, or click on the events tab and you'll see it there. Click on that. You'll get some more information and then go ahead and register your kiddos. So space is limited. Who is coming. That's right. So space is limited. Go ahead and get, get registered. Do it now before we beat you to it. Uh, second, in our student ministry, a very important event, D Now, Disciple Now, is coming that weekend, right? So February, 4th, uh, wow, February 16th through the 18th. Uh, we want to invite all of our students, 6th through 12th grade, and all of their friends to come and be a part of Disciple Now. There will be great worship, uh, great teaching, some small group discussion, all the normal things that you expect of D-NOW. Uh, again, you can register your students online, same place, lbcchelsea.com slash events. So encourage you to do that. And then I encourage you as well to just be hands on deck. Be ready to help uh, as you can and as you are needed. This is Kirk's first run at D-NOW here at Liberty, so we want to make it help him make it as good good as it can possibly be. For sure. So leaders, as you have time in front of your group on Sunday, be sure to uh, pr- to promote these activities that are coming up as we engage our community for the sake of the gospel. Uh, thank you for spending time with us. I hope that as you prepare uh, for this coming Sunday's lesson, that this has been helpful for you. And um, as we long for spring to come, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. See you then. <laughs>